You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Yes, sir, the program is Medical Files. And alhamdulillah, this evening we are joined by our favorite Dr. Farooq Hafiji, who is a family specialist. Yes, I can tell you he's a GP specializing in the family. And alhamdulillah, He's also someone that has so much of hikmah that we appreciate him on this platform of Marcus Sahaba, the voice of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, Dr. Farooq Hafiji, and the listeners. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me how are you doing this evening, uh, Doctor? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Shafat, and to your listeners. Alhamdulillah, we have had a beautiful day in Durban. Um, and, uh, you know, after the light rain that we had last week, Allah Ta'ala is too good takes care of everything, gives us a little bit of rain, waters everything, and then brings us the sunshine to make everything grow again. Alhamdulillah. No, you should appreciate it. Uh, definitely, uh, Doc, you know, when you talk about Allah's giving us the rain, giving us the sunshine and so forth. But uh, the important thing is, you know, we look at the namath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we see all his gifts. But at the moment when we afflicted with something, then we realize, you know what, why didn't I make so much of shukr uh, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Why didn't I appreciate my health? And, uh, you know, when that pain factor, Doctor, our topic uh, this uh, uh, evening is about the pain, when people get into the pain factor and, you know, get sleepless nights and so forth. This is something that, uh, you know, most human beings uh, go through. And, uh, you know, some of the triggering factors of pain, uh, Doctor, what are these things that brings, uh, bring it about? Uh, yes, uh, pain, pain can be quite annoying uh, and uh, it can take us away from Ibadah, actually, because it's very difficult to concentrate uh, when you are in pain. Uh, so, you know, pain uh, in our body is um, uh, medically, um, medically, pain is a warning to us that something is not functioning correctly in the body. Either the a muscle is strained or a ligament is strained or a tendon is strained or bones are rubbing against bones or something is expanding and it hasn't ha- doesn't have enough space uh, to, to expand, which, which is, which is, which is a, would be the reason why the pain is there. And of course, the pressure pain from whatever is, whatever is causing the pressure on bones and tissues and whatever it is. So these are the things that actually cause the pain. But the pain is a warning sign to us that there is something wrong and, and which needs to be corrected. But the spiritual part of pain is, you know, Rasulullah in his one of his hadiths, and I don't know um, the, the source of it, but it's something to, to the effect that I'm just paraphrasing it, something to the effect that uh, we, we, do, we do not go through pain without Allah Ta'ala um, elevating us, Allah Ta'ala forgiving us our sins. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a rahmah from Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala in both ways, if you look at it, where our sins are getting cleared and also we are being uh, if, if, if that's not the reason then we are being elevated in, in uh, for in Jannah Allah Ta'ala likes us so he is testing us with something that uh, that would elevate us to the position where Allah Ta'ala wants us uh, in Jannah so uh, that's a spiritual part so uh, we take whatever is good and whatever is bad from Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala and we say Alhamdulillah for, for, to both of them but that doesn't mean that you don't do anything about the pain um, you try and fix the pain up if you can, uh, because Allah Ta'ala said that, you know, uh, uh, and Rasulullah has also said in Hadiths that we must take the easy route. We mustn't make it difficult for us. We make dua for, 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 for the pain to go away. Uh, we, Allah Ta'ala wants us to have an easy life rather than a more difficult life. So 
Uh, the, uh, so we need to look around to see what's actually causing this pain. And that's very, very uh, important for us to do. And sometimes uh, when you go to a, a doctor, the doctor doesn't have enough time to go through the whole uh, thing about how you're living. Uh, and uh, because of the time factor, because it be t some, sometimes can take a long, long time. It, may, it can take an hour, hour and a half to go through everything that you do, uh, which may be contributing or maybe causing the pain. So it's a good idea for whoever's got the pain to sit back and think about what, what are you actually doing? Because our bodies are mechanical bodies, like a car body. So things do go wrong. You, you know, you, you get worn out suspensions, you get worn out uh, springs, and uh, you get shock absorbers that are wearing off, you get tires wearing off, and, and of course, body parts can rub against body parts, uh, creating a, uh, a uh, you know, a sound that can, can be quite annoying. Uh, so the rattle. So in that way, our bodies are also mechanical in, in, in a lot of ways because our joints are also mechanical. Our muscles, ligaments, tendons, they all work in a mechanical way. And of course, with wear and tear and things that can strain us, uh, it can cause, it can be the cause of pain. So just stopping the things that you are doing, which may be causing the pain, can give us quite a bit of relief from the pain. So, so um, you know, there are various factors that can cause the pain and uh, we can go through them if you want. Yes, sir, doctor, you know, definitely, inshallah, we'll try and do that. I know the impact of uh, pain, uh, you know, you're talking about chronic pain, uh, impacts, uh, you know, uh, on, on, on people and it's uh, also linked uh, to... Uh, uh, disability or you know people you know people that are born uh, with uh, some impairment or you know some uh, uh, challenges in life uh, do they go through uh, more pain is it a uh, more psychological or is it uh, through uh, you know as you said uh, uh, some uh, mechanical parts the bones rubbing with each other against each other and so forth uh, causing the pain but can pain also be brought about uh, through depression anxiety and you know constant uh, uh, uneasy conditions at home uh, doctor uh, yes, there is definitely. It's called psychosomatic pain, uh, which means that uh, you are, uh, you for attention purposes, you your body creates the pain. The person actually feels the pain, but there is no pain actually. It's just a mind that's causing uh, you to think that there is a pain, and and uh, you would act as if you've got a pain, and people around you would know that you've got a pain, but in fact there is no pain. Uh, it's in your mind that's it's creating the problem. But when, when, when you know when. That's our last resort. I mean, after we've excluded all causes of pain and, and we've done everything we can uh, to, to try and get rid of the pain and find the cause of the pain, uh, then only can you make that diagnosis. It's the last diagnosis because it's, it's terribly, terribly wrong to label a person as, as a psychosomatic pain when in fact they have a real reason for the pain. So we need to find that reason for the pain as much as we can uh, before we label it as a psychosomatic pain. But yes, uh, depression can cause pain, anxiety can cause pain as well, but the pain of anxiety is usually due to muscle spasms caused by the anxiety. So uh, correct, correction of the anxiety usually gets rid of the pain. That's different. Uh, the attention-seeking pain that we're talking about, where people uh, feel that they've got pain and they're just looking for attention for, for somebody to love them and for somebody to talk to them and for somebody to, to care for them. Uh, that, that pain uh, is not a real pain, but it's a pain in the mind uh, of the person uh, that's, that's suffering. So uh, we, that's one of the things that 
uh, we put well down after excluding all uh, physical causes of pain. Mm, uh, doctor, you know, thinking aloud, uh, pain knows no age. And, you know, thinking about uh, children uh, that are, you know, uh, challenged, uh, perhaps uh, they cannot, uh, the speech, they cannot talk, but they can hear. And, uh, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, when they go through pain, how do they communicate the pain uh, to the parents? Or, you know, how the, do parents pick up uh, with a child? Uh, uh, let's work out a scenario, maybe from the age of three, four, five. And if they have a speech impediment and so forth, doc, how do you make that out? Uh, usually with children, even under three, they cannot express themselves as far as... Children above three will tell you that uh, by then they know what pain is. But uh, children below two will have a problem explaining to you that they have a pain. So they will become irritable and they will become... They'll cry uh, and they will, they, will not, they will not be comfortable. And that's how you know that they've got pain somewhere. So you need to feel the whole body and see where they... Where uh, you know, wherever you touch where the pain, uh, and if you touch the area where the pain is, of course the child will, will cry more. So in that way you will know where the pain is coming from. Sometimes it's easy because the child will hold the arm uh, to the body, that means you know that the pain is coming from the arm, or the, or the, or the, or the child will hold the stomach, you know the pain is then coming from the stomach. Uh, but the child uh, is unaware what pain is and cannot express that to you but older children uh, will be able to tell you that they've got they've got a pain and uh, they, uh, they uh, children about four or five they're pretty good they'll explain to you uh, where the pain is coming from and and what kind of pain it is uh, but uh, uh, you know pain in children is a very distressing thing not only for the child mm. but for the parents as well well said the doctor and you know pain knows no age and uh, what would you say you know is the most uh, susceptible age uh, to fall to uh, pray to pain, uh, doctor? Usually we, we, we find that from the age of 40, uh, things in our bodies tend to start declining. Um, you know, everything starts growing. Uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the effects of the first 40 years of life begins to show on the body. Uh, so, you, you know, that's the start of arthritis. Sometimes arthritis starts a little earlier, especially the inflammatory arthritis like rheumatoid arthritis, that can start at a younger age. But I'm talking about a pain caused by uh, mechanic, mechanical damage. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, in people who play a lot of soccer, uh, people who play rugby, contact spot, uh, they may injure themselves multiple times in the same joint, uh, resulting in arthritis at a much younger age, which will cause the pain. Uh, but generally speaking, it's 40 years from, from 40 years onwards, uh, people start experiencing body pains caused by wear and tear and by tissue degeneration as, as, we get, as we're getting older. Uh, and of course, above the age of 60, uh, this, this becomes a little bit more exaggerated. And of course, now, from, that, from then on, our muscles become a bit weak with the result that the things that we used to do before, uh, we are unable to do. So if you are able to carry a 20-kilogram bag, uh, when you are 25, 30, you try to do that when you are 60, you will strain yourself. You will tear your muscles, you tear, you strain your tendons and your ligaments. Uh, and so you can't do that. And then many people who, uh, who, who at 60 feel that they are still young uh, and they start lifting those things can cause quite a, quite a bit of body, uh, problems for their body by, uh, uh, by creating tears on their ligaments, on their tendons uh, and on their muscles. Uh, so we need to be aware of our age 
And it doesn't mean you don't do anything, but we must remember that as we get older, our muscles do become weaker. We lose 0.5% of our muscle bulk from the age of 25. We lose it, it's gone. Uh, so we need to keep active, keep exercising so that we can develop uh, the, the rest of the muscles that are still there, the muscle fibers, so that they take uh, the place of the muscles that are lost. 0.5% of your muscles and fibers are lost every year, gone. So uh, from, from the age of 25. So if you look at the age of 65, that's 40 years, 20% of your muscle bulk is gone. Muscle fibers are gone. So you need to develop those 80% that's left to take the place of the 40%, the, the 20% that you lost so that your strength remains the same. Therefore, it's so important older people to keep walking, to keep moving, to keep exercising so that they keep their muscles toned uh, uh, so that their muscles can do the work that is necessary for them at that age. So, and of course, you can imagine as you get older, you get to 75, uh, you, you lost another 5% of your muscles. Uh, so, uh, you know, you add, so when you get to 85, you lost another 5% of your muscles. So, above, so at the age of 85, you, you have lost one third, at least one, about one third of your muscle bulk. That's why people, as they get older, become weaker, they have trouble climbing stairs, and they have trouble getting up from a low chair. Uh, that's the reason. And, and it happens to all of us. Uh, but, it, it, uh, but if you keep your muscle toned, your muscles toned, and your muscle fibers active, uh, it, it, there's less chances of it happening uh, at, at an earlier age. It may happen later, in, later but uh, not as bad as it would be if you didn't, if you didn't exercise. Yes, sir, Doc, you know, it uh, makes a very uh, valid point there indeed. Uh, well, when you hit your 60s, don't act for the gallery. Don't show off, hey, look at me, you know, I'm 60 plus and I can do this, but uh, silently you're suffering. Well, the reality of the matter is you're not as uh, fit as a fiddle as you were many, many years ago. Yes, sir, Doc, uh, you know, moving on and uh, when we look at... Uh, uh, you know, as you said, pain knows uh, no no age factor because, uh, you know, people are susceptible to pain and uh, so forth. Uh, when you look at a uh, doctor, can you see, perhaps when you look into a person's eye, you know, we're talking about uh, maybe mental illness, you know, uh, they got a deep pain in their eye. You can look that they are not happy people. Just by looking at the eye, can you make out this person is in pain or he has a mental disorder, doctor? Uh, yes, you can. You can make out that, uh, that a person is unhappy, uh, that a person is suffering, that a person is not uh, uh, not in a good space by by just the way they look. Uh, and uh, uh, very often, uh, you know, besides the, the actual pain they suffer from, uh, you know, like they may, they may have a headache. Uh, now, again, you need to look for the cause of the headache. Uh, and is it, is it coming from the head itself or is it coming from the neck? Uh, coming up to the head, uh, is is it arthritis of the neck? Is it uh, a strain of the neck? Are they using the correct pillow when they're going to bed? Are they are they doing something that requires the head to be bent down all the time for long periods of time, like reading the Quran or, or looking at your phone with the head bent for long periods of time? Uh, it'll stretch your muscles and stretch your ligaments in the back of your neck. Uh, causing neck pains and of course that'll end up uh, with a headache. So as I was saying earlier, uh, we need to find the cause of the pain. Although you, you may see this on, in the, on the face of the person, we usually go through a history trying to work out where's the pain and what could be causing the pain. Uh, for instance, back pain, again, is, a, is another very, very common um, 
symptom how people suffer from and in fact uh, they say that 80% of people at some stage in their life will have back pain and most of it is what we call mechanical back pain mechanical back pain uh, is back pain that is caused by stresses and strains of our daily living so if you sit on an uncomfortable chair for long periods of time you're going to end up with a backache the reason for that is that you are stretching your ligaments you're stretching your tendons in the back you're stretching your muscles and that's so that at, the, at the end of the day uh, your muscles are strained uh, and of course they start swelling at that night and of course you get pain pain uh, in your back and of course you carry through for the next day so it's important if you have back pain to work out how you're sitting are you sitting on a comfortable chair is your chair high enough again as we get older you will find that the chair that we sit on if we sit on a very low chair again we are straining our back so older people from age of 60 should not be sitting in a in a very low lounge chair they should be sitting high up where the 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 thigh is parallel to the ground the thigh should be parallel to the ground or or maybe a little bit higher uh, so so that it's easier for them to get off from the from the chair getting up from the chair from a low chair can cause a lot of strain not only on on the back but on the shoulders and arms as you push yourself up from from the chair so these are some of the ideas some of the things i'm giving you that uh, that can cause pain that can easily be corrected because all you need to do is stop doing the thing that's causing the problem and then the pain will go away uh, so these are mechanical pain that we we suffer from uh, and we need to uh, you know i i i can just give you another idea another example uh, where i had a woman come come uh, complaining of pain in the wrist um, and uh, when examining her there was definitely strain of the ligaments and so i uh, so i asked her what what is she doing and the whole lot of history and we couldn't find the reason why uh, this was happening until i asked her when you get up from from your sala when you get up from the floor how do you get up and she said well i use my palm and you see she pushes herself up with the palms of her hand with the result that now she's straining the ligaments that are on the in on the on, on the on the uh, on the palm side of the wrist and of course that's creating the problem that was creating the ligament strain so what we did we, we just told her look don't uh, don't don't come up with a palm make a fist make a fist and push yourself up by putting the fist on the floor and pushing yourself up in that way your wrist will be straight and you won't be able to you must you are straining anything uh, if you do it that way so just correcting uh, correcting some of the ways in which people um uh, you know spend their time do the things that they normally do uh, just correcting it can get rid of the pain and the discomfort Uh, and, uh, and and make life a bit easier uh, there are so many examples i can give you chapat and and of course some people uh, the the look that you're talking about where people have pain for a long long period of time hmm. that's chronic pain uh, where uh, where no cause has been found although or, or, or there may be a cause found where nothing can be done about it uh, and that that is quite distressing and that's what we call chronic pain Mm, you know doctor i have been doing a, quite a bit of reading on this pain story because you know i know there's a relatively new therapy and they call it a neuromodulation and uh, i believe that can greatly alleviate discomfort uh, from chronic pain uh, and uh, neuromodulation uh, what can you tell us about it uh, doc our, our nerves are like electric wires 
that of course uh, it's, they, are, they are enclosed uh, like um, uh, in, 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 uh, in insulation. Uh, and so there are different types of fibers in the nerve. Uh, there are touch fibers, there are vibratory fibers, there are pain fibers as well. So the, the pain fibers, when they are, when they are activated, uh, then that's how uh, the body tells the brain that you got pain somewhere when the pain fibers are activated. Uh, but the pain fibers can be activated by uh, by pressure as well on the nerve. Uh, for instance, like sciatica pain uh, or, or you know um, nerve irritation pain, inflammation of a nerve caused by a structure that's close to the nerve, which is causing the inflammation from that structure to go on to the nerve, uh, where the the pain fibers are again uh, stimulated. So these uh, neuromodulators, what they do is they actually confuse the nerve. Uh, they confuse the nerve so that the nerve really is not cannot is not carrying the message back to the brain that there is pain here. Uh, so there are various various instruments that are used uh, to to do this, and it has been used for many many years in different forms. Uh, and and basically what 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 they try to do is they try to stimulate the nerve in such a way that it confuses the nerve, and of course the pain fibers. Uh, don't carry the message to the brain of, of the, the, the message of pain to the brain uh, with the result that the patient gets some relief from the pain. Uh, so it's, it's temporary though. It has to be used uh, on a regular basis. Yeah, doctor. So if I'm reading you right, you know, there's methods of blocking the pain signals from reaching the brain because it is the brain that tells you, yeah, you've got a pain and, you know, you need to do something about that. Uh, am I correct, doc? Yes, that's, that's, that's right. Yeah, it's your, you know, the message has to go to the brain, and the brain reads it as pain, you see. Uh, and uh, so, you, you know, it, it's, uh, so even touch too, if somebody, somebody touches you, the message goes to your brain through the nerve, and then you know that somebody's touched you, uh, because it, it goes to the touch center of the brain, and, and, you, and, then, and the area of your, of your body that has been touched. And that's how you know. Uh, these nerve fibers, carrying the pain, fiber, pain fibers can be blocked with local anesthetic as well. Uh, because if you inject local anesthetic around the nerve, uh, it'll, it'll deaden the nerve with the result that the nerve cannot transmit the message to the brain. And of course, you don't get any pain. And that's, uh, that's what we use for local anesthetic uh, when we are stitching people for wounds and we, we're repairing or draining an abscess or whatever we're doing. Uh, where we don't want the person to feel the pain, uh, what we're actually doing, we are injecting local anesthetic around the nerve uh, to deaden the nerve, to, to not to allow the nerve to send the pain message to the brain. So uh, the nerve is still there, no problem. And the nerve is still functioning, just that we numb it so that uh, it doesn't send the message to the brain. Uh, and that's how local anesthetics work. Uh, and, uh, and, and and vibration also helps. Um, vibrates, um you know, you, you get some vibratory massages. Uh, you get vibration of the massage of, of, of the back as well. You get vibratory cushions that you can put on your back for people with back pain. And they have the same, it's the same principle where the vibration uh, confuses the nerve uh, and the nerve stops uh, sending messages to the brain as far as the pain is concerned. So you get a bit of relief from the pain. Acup acupuncture also works in a, in a similar way. Uh, and uh, uh, cupping also works in, a, in, 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 in much the same way. So uh, yes, all these are ways in which uh, you can you can get to the nerve and try and uh, and uh, try and uh, try and 
um, make the nerve, not transmit the message to the brain uh, so that the person doesn't feel the pain. Pain may still be there, but the person doesn't feel it. Mm. I'm thinking about uh, drinking lots of water, uh, doctor. Can that uh, also help in alleviating pain, lots of water? Well, it won't directly uh, directly affect pain, uh, but certainly drinking a lot of water is absolutely fantastic for the body, and that's what the body needs. We are we are seventy percent water in our bodies, and of course we can't do without water, and we can't store water either. So we so whatever water we drink, we have if the body uses it, and if we over drink, the body will get rid of it from the kidneys, and if we under drink, we become dehydrated. Uh, so yes, in dehydrated tissues where there is an inflammation where there is uh, uh, pain coming from that inflammation, uh, the pain would uh, would get uh, worse because of the dehydration, not having enough water uh, and ca- causing more strain on the on the tissues um, where, the, where the strain is. Mm, there's always the debate of how much of water to drink. Uh, some will tell you, hey, don't over drink, it's bad for your kidneys, uh, just have a moderate amount of water. What is the medium, uh, doctor? Well, well, our body needs 1.5 liters of water for the kidney to function correctly. I'm talking about an average average person, 70 kilograms in weight. Um, the, the, you, the kidney requires 1.5 liters of water a day to clear out the toxins from our body. So that's the minimum that we need to drink, 1.5 liters. That's a minimum. Uh, so above that, you can drink 2 liters. You can drink 2.5 liters. But basic, but you know, it depends on your size. If you are a big person, you may need more water. If you are a thin person, um, 40 kilograms, 45 kilograms, you may not need that much of water. But 1.5 liters is there for everyone uh, to 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 drink. Uh, and of course, it's liquids. It's not only water. It's liquid, so it will include milk and and soup and uh, whatever else is liquid, except tea. Tea is what we call a diuretic. If you drink a cup of tea, uh, within half an hour you'll want to go to the toilet because it, it takes the water out of your body. So we don't count tea as part of the liquid. But uh, uh, yes, it, it, you know, you, it, we need to drink uh, enough water during the day to keep us hydrated. Uh, and, and also that affects the blood pressure as well because if you're not hydrated enough, your, uh, your, body, your, uh, your blood volume decreases. The blood volume decreases. That means the amount of blood in your body decreases, your blood pressure will drop. And of course, that's not a good thing for people who have low blood pressure. They'll start feeling more dizzy. Uh, and of course, it, 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 uh, uh, so, so it's important for us to make sure that our bodies are well hydrated. Now, coming back, usually we find, just generally speaking, you shouldn't drink more than three liters of water a day because then what happens is that you don't get it, you don't put, it doesn't mean that you're putting too much of pressure on the kidney. What's happening is that if you have more than three liters, you're passing so much of urine that you are going to pass extra electrolytes out of your body. Sodium, chloride, potassium uh, will come out of your body, which your body needs. And so you're going to start feeling weak and you're going to start having electrolyte imbalance. Uh, so it's not a good idea to have so much of water. But, mm. but generally speaking, we, that's why we, we, you know, as a broad, broad, broad guideline, we say drink eight to 50 ml glasses of water a day, and that will give you two liters of water a day. Alhamdulillah. And, uh, and, 
on average, that's about uh, about what you need to drink. There are figures that you can use to calculate according to your body weight. Doc, I want you to hold uh, hold uh, hold on that thought. Uh, we need yeah. to go for a quick break, and inshallah, we'll co- continue with that uh, hydration story because it's uh, very important. Uh, let's go take a break. You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Yes, uh, Medical Files are keeping us uh, company and in a fascinating conversation with our very own uh, Dr. Farooq Hafiji, going through pain, talking about the water, uh, 1.5 yeah, uh, liters of water for your kidneys to function properly, uh, the medium of how much of water you can drink. Uh, Yes, uh, doctor, before the break, uh, you were on the roll uh, giving us uh, the right amount of water to drink. Uh, Bismillah, continue, doc. Uh, Yes, I was saying that, uh, you you know, from the age of 60, uh, we tend to lose our taste sensation. So the older we are, the less uh, thirst we feel. Not taste, sorry. Thirst. Thirst, Um, thirst, not taste. (laughs) About the age of 60, we we lose our thirst sensation. So as you get older, you find, you come to 80, 90, uh, the person doesn't feel thirsty at all. Uh, and uh, you and they can get dehydrated very easily. And one of the commonest problems we find in elderly people is dehydration. And they don't even know about it. The family doesn't know about it. And the family keeps telling the person, "But why aren't you drinking water?" And they say, "I don't feel thirsty." The reason is they've lost the thirst sensation. So with with older people, uh, we always say that you know what you need to do. You need, at the, in the beginning of the day, you need to put two a jug of two liters of water on a table. And you, the person starts drinking the water from the morning, and then they know how much of water they've drunk. And by the end of the day, by six, seven o'clock in the evening, they should finish those two liters of water. Not, not more than seven o'clock in the evening or six o'clock in the evening, because then they're going to be passing urine at night, getting up to pass urine at night, which we don't want them to do. So from six o'clock, seven o'clock onwards, definitely, definitely from seven o'clock onwards, no liquids to be drunk. Uh, until they go to bed and they, 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 they sleep. Uh, so uh, people who are older, especially in the 80s and the 90s, they, you must, the family must put a jug on the table or some container on the table, two liters of water, tell them to start at, at, at uh, Fajr time uh, and or early in the morning. When they get up, they must start drinking from that. And they, they keep drinking until six o'clock in the evening when they finish the two liters. Then you know that this person has had uh, enough water for the day and they don't have to worry about uh, waiting for the thirst sensation to come so that they can, uh, then it's like a warning signal that they need to drink water. Uh, so that's very important for all the people uh, to realize uh, that, that that we need to do. And then the family, family needs to get involved. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Doc. You make a lot of sense there. And Jazakallah khair for giving us a comprehensive update on how to have the water and what to do for the elders. And uh, then we're talking about pain, uh, Doc, about nerve pain. Uh, you know, what types of food uh, should, uh, you know, we avoid from, uh, to, from exacerbating uh, these pains uh, that we have? Well, the foods will, the foods will generally affect uh, the pains caused by indigestion, by heartburn, reflux, uh, that kind of thing. And usually that's aggravated by fried foods or fatty foods or oily foods where the stomach uh, emptying is delayed with the result that the food stays in the stomach for long periods of time. And and, and uh, many oh, elderly parents have an ineffective uh, valve between the gut and the stomach 
uh, which results in acid coming up from the stomach into the gullet, uh, causing inflammation. So that kind of pain. Uh, so, uh, so that you know, um, uh, that can be relieved by um, making sure that you're not having a high fat diet, especially in the evening, uh, you know, or this evening meal. Uh, so, as I said earlier, uh, when you get pain, you need to find where the pain is coming from, what is causing the pain, and try and uh, and and circumvent that, try and, and bypass it in a way that will make the person feel a bit comfortable. Of course, we do have a group of people who, who, who no matter what you do and no matter what tests they've had, uh, they will have chronic pain, pain all the time. And they, we need a multidisciplinary team to really uh, uh, go into it to find out how best they can help this person. And that team usually comprises of uh, an occupational therapist uh, and sometimes a, and a psychologist. Uh, it'll... it'll, it'll It'll include a biokineticist. Uh, it'll include a physiotherapist. Uh, it'll include, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, a general practitioner who's looking after the, the patient. Uh, with the result that uh, it's a teamwork, is a team effort to try and uh, make the person comfortable. The, the occupational therapist will show them ways in which to do things which does not aggravate the pain. Biokine, the biokinesis will strengthen muscles that are required to take the pain away from that site where the pain is by strengthening the muscles around it. So the pressure uh, on the body is taken up by the muscles rather than by the ligaments and the tendons. Uh, so uh, so it, uh, everyone plays a part in trying to alleviate the pain and make it a bit better. But I can't stress enough I've seen so many elderly people with pain coming from all kinds of things that they do, uh, which is bringing the pain on. And we can start from the feet. Older people cannot wear flat shoes. They cannot wear flat slippers. And I, I find uh, all elderly people complaining of pain on their feet and pain on the calf and pain on the thighs and knees caused by flat shoes, shoes without heels. And of course, you're looking for trouble if you do that. And as you get older, you need to have a bit of a heel, one centimeter, one and a half centimeter above the front. So you are lifted up a little bit. And, and that thrusts you a little bit forward uh, in your walking so that it makes walking a bit easier. So a simple thing like that uh, can, 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 can help. And we, of course, we went through earlier about people sitting, the elderly people sitting on low sofas, which is a bad thing for them to do, because that will strain their muscles, it will strain their, their backs, and of course it's difficult to get out of that out of the, out of that chair. So elderly people should be sitting on a high chair, a firm chair that does not sink in, uh, and uh, you'll find that they will be much more comfortable. And, but all these mechanical pains that we get, whether we get it on our feet, ankle, knees, back, everywhere, uh, they get worse if we don't uh, be, if we don't move them. If we don't become active, our joints have oil in them, lubrication. Uh, they are self-lubricating joints, and so and the lubricant is, is is it comes from little sacs around the joint, uh, which produce the oil that comes into the joint to lubricate the joint. So if you're sitting all day and you're not moving. These glands that produce the lubricant are not working. There's no need 
lubrication with the result that the, the bone the, the, the joints get dry inside that they don't have enough lubricant with the result that when they start walking they start having pain and discomfort and most of all stiffness stiffness of the joints now if you walk and if you move those joints so if you move those joints and you'll find that as you move the joints you don't have to move very far you don't have to run or you have to do or do skipping or anything other, just plain walking. Plain walking at your normal pace will start stimulating those joints, will start stimulating those sacs to produce oil, to, to, to lubricate the joints, and you'll find that the stiffness will, will be less, the pain will be less just by walking. And I advise people that when they get up in the morning, and when they get up in the morning, they should walk around the house for about 15, 20 minutes better if they go if they walk for about half an hour in the house walk in the passage walk from one room to another room and keep walking makes zikr during that time and the time will go very quickly plan out a zikr program with you have a tasbih in your hand make and just make zikr for about 15 20 minutes 30 minutes just walk around the house normal walking and you will see a big difference in the pain that you feel around your back and your neck and your wherever in your in your lower body uh, you find that it'll ease up simply because those joints are now producing those oils the stiffness becomes less the pain becomes less and you'll have a much more comfortable day uh, looking forward uh, for, for a wonderful day inshallah inshallah doctor you know you're making my head uh, spin here with all those information you're giving but it's absolutely fascinating and i'm thinking of uh, Doctor, what about, uh, you know, uh, rubbing if uh, people have uh, maybe uh, knee pains, uh, the elderly, if they rub oil on the outside or maybe, you know, some of these, uh, uh, what oils you call that, uh, the aromatherapist uh, give you and, uh, you know, yeah, people go for aromatherapy and uh, psychologically, you know, that's, uh, does that uh, also alleviate pain, uh, Doc? Yes, massaging, massaging generally works and, and these oils and... Uh, uh, they are only superficial. They don't really penetrate the skin very much. So, so, uh, so the the, but the rubbing uh, increases blood supply to the area, uh, and it's an increase in the blood supply that that makes the person feel a bit better. And of course, while rubbing the muscles, providing his mus- the muscles are rubbed in the right way, you're going you get you clearing the toxins from that muscle. With the result that again the muscles start feeling a bit better. They feel a bit looser and and, and, and less painful. But uh, if you want uh, if you want the, uh, the medication to penetrate, there are medications that you can use which penetrate, and and these are menthol-containing medications. Uh, you know I can't name them, but they are menthol uh, ones, and they are they actually again increase circulation and their, their penetration under the skin is a little better than the oils that we use. Uh, so. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's, but they will not reach the joint. Whatever you put on the surface will not reach the joint because the joint is too deep inside, and these medicines won't actually get to those joints. But what they will do is they will relieve the pain around the joints where the muscles are and the ligaments and tendons are. So that's very helpful because a lot of the pain uh, in elderly people. Uh, comes from these structures around the joint, uh, and uh, uh, these structures need to be massaged, and they need to be, uh, you know. Sometimes you can also check whether a, a, a hot pack helps. If a hot pack doesn't help, use a cold pack. 
because the cold pack shrinks everything, takes the sweating away, takes the inflammation, and brings the inflammation down, and that may help the pain. So, uh, you know, it's difficult to say whether, um, usually I say that if you put your hand on the joint and it's hot, use something cold. And if you, if the, if you put your hand on the joint and it's not hot, uh, you can use something warm on the joint uh, to try and relieve the pain. Because what the warmth does is it brings more circulation there, and your body, which Allah Ta'ala has given us the blood, uh, and in the blood are, are cells that are, uh, that, are, that, uh, that are healing, that heal the tissues. Uh, so uh, with a cold one, of course, you, you put a cold pack on it, it brings the inflammation down. That's why when you, when you have an injury, for instance, you strain your ankle, you strain some part of your body, and you put a cold pack on it, uh, it brings the inflammation, it doesn't allow the inflammation to go high, up so that it doesn't cause much swelling and it doesn't cause uh, much pain afterwards. So that's the principle that we use. So hot and cold, you can try whichever one you want and both of them can help quite a bit. And of course, the massaging is wonderful because it's not only the massage that helps, it's the psychological feeling that the person gets that this person is massaging me and is helping me with the pain. It's a feel good feeling that makes, makes them tolerate the pain a little bit better and, and helps them uh, to get the bonding with the person who's massaging them. Uh, so uh, that's very important, that, uh, that bonding that you get uh, if you try and massage all people. So uh, if you want to do something for an elderly person, massage some part of the body and they would love it. They'll love you for it because uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a way in which you are, you're showing them that you care for them and, and you, you want to help them in some way. Just tell them, look, let me rub your legs for a while or let me rub your knee for a while. And they will gladly allow you to do that because that's the thing that they are, they are most in need of at that age. They, they need a massage. They need, they, they need the touch. Uh, they, need, uh, they need to be, uh, uh, to be made to feel important. Uh, what a beautiful tip you have given there, Doctor. And I, perhaps, you know, I was about to ask you a question. Uh, you know, yesteryear when they didn't have all this uh, modern medicine and all these uh, uh, pain blockers and so forth. So what they used to do, and I think you gave the answer. There was a lot of, uh, in the extended family, a lot of TLC. And everyone took turns. Uh, so if someone had a pain and everyone doted over them and uh, they, were, they made them feel so special, I think the pain went away. Your thoughts, uh, Doctor? Yes, absolutely. Offer them a hot water bottle or some wheat bag or something like that to put uh, where the pain is. Uh, all these are things that that make the elderly person feel important, make them feel that they are cared for and gives them a good feeling uh, in, within themselves, not, not that they're as if they are neglected or they are, you know, they're uh, that nobody cares for them. So even if they are living alone, it doesn't matter. If you go and visit them, tell them, look, I brought some... Uh, some stuff here for you to, to massage you, uh, whether it's an oil or whether it's uh, a menthol thing, whatever it is, uh, you take it there and you massage them and talk to them while you're massaging them. And uh, it's a very wonderful feeling for them uh, to, to have that massage. So I would, tell, I would encourage family members, especially the young ones, the, the grandchildren, they can easily get involved in that. Uh, and, and even massaging their feet and uh, you know massaging their calf muscles uh, it's a great feeling for the elderly pe person to do that because they rely on their feet very, very much because if it's not for their feet, 
they're going to be lying in bed and which they don't want to do. So you need to keep their feet moving, their ankles moving, and their calf, knees, and thigh, thigh muscles moving. So it's an important uh, part. And of course, uh, you know, in, in, you know, if you uh, if they would allow you, you can rub their back as long as you, you know, you you're a close family member. Mm. Uh, you can rub their back as well, uh, and they will love it. They'll love you for it because uh, that's what they need. Yeah, you know, Doc, uh, you and I share a lot of memories together with our CRI studio. And, you know, whenever I used to be there, sometimes as an engineer, and there was a famous sheikh, uh, uh, I won't mention his name, that used to come there. I want you to massage my neck. Uh, you do it so lovely. And you know what, uh, Doc? When I used to massage his, uh, his neck, my fingers used to pain. So I didn't know how to tell him, hey, no one, man. It's already 10 minutes or 15 minutes. So there must be an art of massaging also, Doctor. Yes, it's uh, art. Yes, you, you mustn't press too hard because it's painful for the person as well. Uh, it's besides you suffering from uh, pain yourself, uh, you you know you, the person themselves. They may not tell you, look, you know, you're hurting me because they don't want to hurt you. Uh, so they will tolerate the pain, and uh, so it's not you know mass muscles don't need very deep massaging. Uh, they just need gentle massaging, and that's enough for, for a muscle to uh, to respond to it. And of course, if you do that, you're, you're, you, you, won't, you won't hurt your fingers and you won't hurt your wrists and whatever else uh, by massaging. If you, if you do get pain after massaging, uh, you, are, you are not using the correct technique. You are, you're actually putting too much pressure on, it, on, on, on the structures. And it's not a good thing for the old person to have such pressure on the tissues. Yeah, good points are made there. And you know, we're looking at, uh, you get the different types of uh, pain, you get uh, headaches and you get your depression. And then sometimes, uh, Doc, you have uh, bladder problems and uh, so forth, even uh, epilepsy and uh, all this anxiety and all that. Uh, you know, what type of medication do people take very expensive medication for uh, pain relief, uh, Doctor? You will have to be very careful with pain relief uh, medication. We try not to use medication if, if possible. Uh, uh, we try and use natural, natural ways of trying to get rid of the pain. Uh, and uh, uh, if we are forced to use medication, we try and avoid codeine-containing medications. Because codeine-containing medication, codeine is a product of heroin. And of course, you can get addicted to it. Uh, so if people take a lot of codeine-containing medication, uh, they can get addicted to this tablet. And it's very difficult to get them off it. And after a while, you really don't know whether they've got pain or not. Maybe they got a, they got a, they got the pain of withdrawal from from the coding that's creating the problem. So uh, it's not a good idea to use any coding containing uh, medication uh, for long term purposes. Uh, you can use paracetamol, which is Panado, uh, but uh, and and that's quite gentle. It's gentle on the stomach. It's gentle on the body, but. Uh, you know, uh, well, you can use, of course, the pain is bad. You can go on to more stronger medication. Uh, and, of course, stronger medications have more side effects. Uh, and, of course, you've got to test and see uh, whether the patient can tolerate these medications or not. Not everybody suffers from the side effects of the medication. There's a few, uh, few people that suffer from it. But it may be, uh, it may be wise to try and test it out for a while. Uh, to see whether they get they get the side effects, and these medications shouldn't be taken uh, for long periods of time. You see, with pain, uh, there are there are there are periods when the pain comes up quite loud, quite quite badly, and usually is related to weather. When cold weather, the pain may come up more, or if, in fact, a day or two before the cold weather, 
people with arthritis would feel the pain. And uh, so what you need to do, you need to warm the joints and warm the person up so that uh, the pain, the pain subsides. Uh, but if you do have to use pain medication, uh, use it only during the time when they have uh, this pain exacerbation. These pains, when the, these pains start coming, uh, and then after a few days, after a week or so, the pains are gone, you can stop the medication. So it's, going to, it's, it's an on-off thing with medication. It's not a continuous thing. Uh, it's not good for it. It's a bit heavy on the kidneys. It's a bit heavy on the on the, on the liver. So we, we try not to use medications for long periods of time. Definitely not on a daily basis all the time. Uh, that's not uh, that's not really uh, what we what we uh, what needs to be done. So this is for people who have quite bad pain, chronic pain. Uh, they've tried everything; it doesn't work, uh, and uh, they're stuck with this pain. So what they need to do is they need to just watch to see when the pain becomes too bad for them to to manage, and then they can take the pain medication during that time, just for that time, maybe a few days, maybe up to a week, and then stop the medication and then use other, other ways of trying to relieve the pain. But again, uh, let me come back to this walking. This walking is, is, is a fantastic way in which uh, walking with the correct shoe, uh, even in the house, walking in the house, even if the person has, is on a, uh, is, is on a um, walking stick or a walking aid, they can still walk, and that walking helps tremendously to loosen the joints, loosen the ligaments, loosen the muscles, lubricate the joints, and and that goes a long way in relieving a lot of the pains that we see uh, in other people. So, meditation, yes, there is a place for it. Uh, we don't use it continuously. We use it on an on-off basis, and we try and pick the ones which cause the least amount of side effects. Absolutely, uh, doctor. And also, you know, you made me uh, think of uh, perhaps, uh, doc, you correct me if I'm wrong here. Sleep is the best... Uh, uh, pain, uh, you know, best uh, remedy for pain, or the best painkiller is sleep, Doc? Yes, uh, you, you, you're absolutely right, because uh, the reason why we sleep, Allah Ta'ala has made it in such a way that, that the reason why we sleep uh, is to rest our body so that our body can repair itself for the next day. So, and, 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 uh, and we say the minimum sleep that a person requires is six hours. Average is eight hours. But the reason why we say that is because it takes about that amount of time for the tissues to repair themselves overnight. So if you sleep less sleep, if you sleep uh, four hours or five hours, your body hasn't really healed itself completely. So the maintenance, the maintenance program that your body goes through hasn't completed the maintenance job. So there is some, some, left, some maintenance left over for the next day. And of course, if you, if you, if you sleep, less again the next night, some maintenance is left again. And of course, there is a buildup. So if, that, if you are sleeping uh, uh, less sleep at night, you need to cover up some of the sleep during the day to make up the six to eight hours. So if you do that, your body would get enough time uh, to repair, to, to, to repair whatever it didn't get a chance to repair uh, during the shortest, shorter sleep period. So you can't sleep five hours at night and not sleep at all during the day. Uh, that would be disastrous for your body over a long period of time. You need to make up some of the sleep during the day. Kairula is a sunnah of Rasulullah and then that's with good reason because that's, that's you're covering up the sleep that you have, you've missed out uh, at night. And of course, you're resting your body, giving your body a bit of a chance 
uh, to try and mend itself, uh, repair itself so that uh, it can function normally. So uh, it's important. Sleep is very important. And of course, people with, uh, uh, with chronic pain, they have a problem sleeping. Uh, they can't sleep because of the pain. Mm. So you need to work around to see what is it. Is it if it's back pain, it may be the mattress. So maybe the idea to put the mattress on the floor and sleep on the floor and see whether that makes a difference. Because sometimes the mattress is too soft. It can cause back pain. And, and that, that you know because you you go to bed without pain, but you wake up in the morning with pain. That means it's your, it's your mattress that's creating the problem. So uh, that, that will affect your sleep. So if there is pain that's affecting your sleep, maybe an idea if you take a, some mild painkiller at bedtime uh, to see you through the night. Uh, and I know uh, um, quite a few of my patients used to just take one panado at night, mm. just one panado at night, and they said this helps them a lot, not only to relieve, relieve pain, but it helps them to have a good night's sleep. So one panado at night, taken over a long, long period of time, is going to do your body no harm whatsoever. So it's quite okay to, to do that kind of thing. It's not going to cause any problems. So. So, uh, I, I, you know, they say that and they're quite happy with it. it. I'm quite happy with it because I know it's not causing any problems in the body and they can go on it. So mild pain relief tablet at nighttime for them to see the, see the night through. Uh, and of course, when, when they wake up in the morning, they need to walk. They need to walk. But what actually happens is that the person in pain says, no, I can't walk because of the pain, I can't walk. But they don't realize that the pain gets worse if you don't walk. But if you walk, it may be tough at the beginning. The pain may be there to irritate you and cause a problem. But you will find yourself that as you walk more and more, the pain gets less and less. And, and try it. If the pain gets more and more while you're walking, there is some mechanical problem there. There is a problem there which needs to be attended to by a doctor. So okay. that's a sign that yeah. uh, that's a sign that if, you, if you're getting pain, you need to, if you're getting pain while walking, for long periods, and you get pain, it doesn't improve, you need to see a doctor. I tell you, doctor, we saw you this evening. Absolutely brilliant consultation. Unfortunately, doctor, when you know have a top doc like you, we're uh, running out of time. Perhaps your parting words uh, this evening? No, in, in, you know, we should try and help people with chronic pain as much as we can, because it's not a nice thing for them to experience. We need to make life a bit easier for them uh, and uh, help them in whichever way we, we can. Uh, you know, uh, help them with the, with a hot water bottle or with a weed bag or massage them uh, and make them feel a bit better. Take them for a walk and, uh, and take them where it's flat so they don't have to climb any hills or, uh, or, or stairs. Uh, and uh, if we do that, we try and help people with chronic pain, uh, psychologically they'll start feeling better and that goes a long way in trying to help them with their pain. So I would encourage people to be sympathetic, to be empathic, to people who have pain and try and help them as much as they can. Chazaka Lakhira, Dr. Yugo, well, talk to you in the near future. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa Yes, sir, people, keep it locked on to Marcus Sahaba for brilliant programming. Time for us to go for the Isha Azan, and inshallah we will continue after that.